welcome to Unrest, where we talk about things that keep us up at night, anywhere from missing persons, haunts, to conspiracies. I'm your host, Nikki Nitro. Before we begin, I have to warn you, viewer discretion is advised as there may be strong language or triggers. Today, we are covering Andrea Knabel from Louisville, Kentucky. Andrea is a missing mother of two. She's a friend, a daughter, a sister, a co-parent, a volunteer, and just overall the type of person that would light up a room. With us today, we have Andrea Knabel's father, Mike Knabel. Her sister, Aaron Knabel, quotes directly from investigator Tracy Lennard, and his brother is with us today, Ted. And by the way, this family has just been put through, they've been put through hell. And a slick edited docuseries on Andrea didn't really help the situation. In fact, after it was released, everyone just separated and the finger pointing began death threats began. And I just feel like we really lost sight of what we're trying to do here, which is find Andrea. Uh, there was definitely some damage done by that. So I want to apologize to everyone in advance for any awkwardness or silence going through the interview questions today, because I will not be editing this interview without family permission, at least not the questions. Um, any edits that we make, it'll just be like, photos, videos that we're adding, text, um, or removing repeat questions, bad bloopers, or maybe I just don't like my angle. <laughs> um, thanks for being here, you guys. I know that you guys are just like mentally and physically exhausted. You're drained. Um, you're constantly repeating Andrea's story. But as we know, like there's no such thing as too much exposure. Exactly. I yeah. agree. Let's Agreed. take a yes. I would like to take it back to the beginning. Andrea was born on January 7th, 1982, to parents Cheryl and Mike Knabel. Not too long after, they welcomed another baby girl, Erin, and then Sarah two years after. This year, Andrea turned 40, and I'm sure that this past month has been especially difficult for her sister, Erin, who shares the same birthday with Andrea. And like, you guys are all really, really close in age. Um, I'm sure you guys have like amazing stories to share and, uh, Mike, I don't know how you did it. Girls, like three girls back to back to back. That's like three times the sass. I, I don't know how you did it, but <laughs> I wanted it's to, meant to and it's meant to be handled by people in their twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited um, energy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you don't need much sleep. Right. Um, Mike, I'd like to start with you. Um, if you could just tell us what Andrea's childhood was like. Okay, well, she she burst on the scene. It it uh, was you know it's quite a shock to have your first child since you're used to not sharing your life with anyone else other than your spouse. So you know three's three was a crowd. So she came along and uh, um, she she was a good baby, an easy baby to deal with, and. Um, I got to know her quite well because um, uh, my wife was a nurse and she worked shifts. And so I got the, the baby all by myself. So I got to know her really well. Two to three days a week is when I had her by myself wow. while, I, while I was working full time too. So anyway, wow. so that uh, I got to know her very well as I did the other ones in the same scenario. But um, Andrea grew up uh, very precocious. Um, she was, she was counting new colors, ABCs at, at 18 months, uh, would drive by in, in the car and point out every store and, and name it. Uh, very, very early new things that uh, just kind of shocked you. And um, 
and, and you know, a lot of people have kids like that, but what, what I think her real talents she developed is, is that she was very, very, very good with people. And, um, and I think that um, continued into her teenage years, adult years and, and on. And so very, very easy child to deal with. Uh, she was a great helper uh, with, with the other children as they came along. Um, she even picked up a nickname uh, because she was so helpful. And um, she, was, she was the second mother to um, Aaron and Sarah and uh, helped me a great, great deal. And we even have a couple pictures around here somewhere that show her uh, holding on to Aaron, I believe, that uh, I'll point out to you later on. Oh, my on. gosh. Yeah, you should but, totally send those to me. We'll definitely include those. That's, that's yeah. adorable. Okay. I, uh, so anyway, she's very, very helpful, very precocious, um, very pleasant, laughed a lot, uh, an easy child, very easy child to deal with. That's the first the one was. always is, though. <laughs> well, my first one was. I know I can promise you that. So you all, so the kids, they all grew up in Audubon Park in Louisville, Kentucky? Yes, um, most all their childhood and um, very, very normal childhood. Uh, grew up on a street with a lot of kids around. Um, five doors down is where they all went to grade school. Yeah, Better we walked to school every, every day together. So from Aww. the front yard of the house, you could see them going into the side door of the school. I, um, I and, and, and by the way, it happened to be the same grade school, elementary school that uh, uh, Aaron, their mother and I went as well. Oh my so, God, I love that. So all in the neighborhood, very, you know, we knew all the families there, all the families knew us. So that kind of place and um, um, uh, quite a history in that area. And it was the area of Audubon Park. Uh, the school was uh, called a parochial school called St. Stephen Martyr. Oh, yeah. I did hear you say that before. St. Stephen, that's where you went. Yeah. That's so, right. So you and uh, Cheryl both had grown up in the area as well? That's right. We did. And um, she was a couple of grades behind me, I believe, too. And um, so I, I really didn't know her until later on mm -hmm. when we were young adults. But uh, I think I'd remember seeing her around. But um, mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, a couple of years younger, a couple of years younger. But I'm sure she noticed you, didn't she? <laughs> You'll have to ask her that. Yeah. <laughs> um, did Andrea have a lot of friends growing up? I, you know what, it, it's, it's hard to say a lot. I don't really remember that if there's a lot, I just know that the, the odd thing about her or the special thing about her is what that everybody was her friend. Uh, she, as you know, most kids don't really take to adults or they can't handle the presence of adults or talk to adults. It really didn't matter the age. She was she could she could mingle and talk and uh, not be intimidated uh, by anybody of any age, and so that that made her special. And she truly did have a special talent with people, and um, she should have used it um, to uh, further a business career. A talent like that is very very difficult. You're usually born with it, and um, she could have taken that a lot of places if she chose to. Oh, you're such a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people that met her just very briefly in situations where I never remember the person. Like I've had people come out of the woodwork and tell me I met Andrea from when she used to do Uber Eats, for example. Like she would pick up the food for me when I was working at a restaurant and I loved her. She's such a nice person. Or they'll say- I've never met any of those people. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they drop it off me. at the door. Yeah, they message me or, you know, or they uh, comment and tell me about her or 
Okay. So you know how you can like on Facebook marketplace, you can buy items. Yeah. Um, well, Andrea would, she would buy pallets and, and sell the merchandise, you know, it might be toasters or just whatever it might be household things. She would sell those on marketplace. I've had, I can't tell you how many people have told me I met Andrea from when she sold me a, B or C on marketplace. Like I would never remember that person, but like all these people remember Andrea and tell me about her, how she would stop and take the time to talk to them. And, you know, she's very friendly and, you know, made it a very personable interaction. And like, that's just, that really stood out to me. I already knew Andrea was like this, but it, it just blew my mind. Like how many people have came forward and said, I knew Andrea or I bought, I sold her a mattress. I had one guy say, I sold her a mattress. Like, you know, he works at a mat. I think he owns some kind of mattress business. And it's like, she, she's just a very memorable person to everyone that she meets is how I feel. That's so to expand that a little further. Usually when we, we go to elementary school, we know the people in our grade, maybe a few people above and below. Mm -hmm. She knew the whole school, literally. She knew every single person in the wow. school. And she was one of those people that, you know, a talent I never had. Her mother never, never had that talent. And it, it truly is a special talent to, be able to, 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 to work with people like that. And right. um, um, I was somewhat jealous of it and, and uh, <laughs> I'm very impressed by it, actually. Yeah, um, that's definitely a difficult, that's very unusual. It's a very hard skill to have. And it sounds like she was just born with it. Like it just clicked. Um, it's unusual to have such an experience with someone that you just met for like two seconds or you haven't met, you just spoke to on Facebook. Like that's, that says it all right there. I agree. I've had people send me conversations where it was like, Hey, I'm here to drop off the tent to you or whatever it might be, you know? And, and they'll say, look, I know that I talked to her about this situation and I can't tell you how many times I've bought like, you know, a candle wax warmer or just a picture, random things. And I have no idea who any of those people, like, I don't remember any of that, you know? <laughs> so it, it just, it really, that really meant a lot to me that those people told me like, Hey, I know your sister and, and I care. It really it meant a lot to me. So it made me very happy. And it just, I feel like it's a testament to what kind of a person she is. Hey, Mike, um, would you tell yes. us what kind of sports, if any, that Andrea may have been involved in or hobbies when, as a child? Yes, I, I don't think she really had any passion for any single thing. I think it was more the social aspect of it. And she did a little bit of several things. She did a little, maybe a little bit of softball, a little bit of cross country, uh, things like that, maybe a little bit of soccer growing up. But it, it, what, there was no passion in there, something that she really wanted to develop and get good at. I think she did it just for interaction with people. And that's a very healthy way to do it rather than probably the way I did it. It's, anyway, it's different, totally different. So she did it to be around people, to meet people and, and to socialize. And um, I, I think that's uh, really what, what, her, what she received from it and gave to it actually. She sounds like a really social butterfly. She did. She she enjoyed it, and but I, I never really noticed a, and this is fine. A certain passion for the sports. It was more for socialization and having fun. Um, you know, I'd much rather be like that in sports and be very good in academics. And she was. That's incredible. It sounds like she's very like versatile and can just get along with anyone. 
Um, Aaron, this question's for you. What was she like growing up with? Like, were you guys close? Yeah, I would say we definitely are. I can, um, when we were kids, I can remember she's the one that taught me how to put my makeup on and how to dance. Like she just, I feel like through every phase of my life, she kind of walked me through it and, and helped me along. And through many parts of my life, I feel like I, I mirrored her. Like I remember when grunge music was popular, she loved Alanis Morissette. So I loved Alanis oh, Morissette. Me too. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. Like I, I can remember being a kid and putting together puzzles, listening to Alanis Morissette because that's what my big sister listened to, you know? So like, I, cool. I, I know that I did a lot of the same things Andrea did. I remember she wow. gave me a makeover when I was a little kid and she dressed me up and like, do you remember the jellies, those shoes that were popular? I, if they had those for adults, I would wear them. Yeah. So that when the, she would have, have me, she would dress me up in those and like some wide leg blue jeans and she put like the dark eyeliner on me. And like, I remember that was the first time I ever wore makeup and, you know, looked like a, a grown up. So Aww. yeah, I just, I just remember her, like she would dress me up and make me into a mini Andrea is how it felt when I was a kid. And you were her Barbie, you were her baby doll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and then as adults, she kind of still would do that with me because um, I became a young mom at a, a pretty young age. So I've always had just a very settled down life, you know, and on a rare occasion that I would get a babysitter and go out, she'd be like, you never, you never get fixed up, you know, let me do it. And, you know, Aww. she'll do my hair and she'll pick out, she had this gigantic, she was really into like dressing up and, and you know looking cute and everything. And so it worked out well for me because I didn't really <laughs> normally care about stuff like that. But yeah, she used to love doing that for me and it made me really happy. It was, it was just as fun as the experience of going out for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys make me wish I had a sister. <laughs> I've got, um, I've got a picture for you to support what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. This is, this is Andrea. This is Andrea taking uh, care of Aaron. I hope you can see it. Oh, yeah, that's oh, she's cradling her little baby doll. That's that's Aaron right there. Oh, and, the, and here's a picture of them young when they were young. Is that you and Aaron? Is that Andrea and Aaron? Andrea, that's Andrea and Aaron. Yeah. Aww. And there's there's all three of the daughters. Oh my right gosh! Yeah, that's my gorgeous. That's my favorite like, picture of us. <laughs> we this, were laughing in that picture. It makes me happy to see that. Is this red hair natural? Yeah. Oh I don't gosh. know where it came from either. <laughs> two daughters with red hair. The second two had both had red. Oh my gosh. You're, I mean, all three look a lot alike. All three are incredibly gorgeous. Like, yeah. thank you. You and, Andrea, you and Andrea were, uh, what, two years apart? Uh, three, three years. I was born on her third birthday. And then Sarah is a year and a half younger than me. Oh, and that was like really back thing, back. <laughs> Yeah. Like having red hair, I'm sure that a lot of you guys know that um, we can, we can be the person that everybody jokes on, especially when you're a little kid, like people kind of tease redheads. And when I can remember there was a time when Andrea teased me when I was like beginning to be a teenager, you know, where you start to really be like self-conscious and everything. And Andrea was teasing me and that day she saw it really hurt my feelings. Like it made me cry. And she said, Aaron, I just, I'm just joking with you. It's really not that serious. You're beautiful, you know? And Aww. she said some, uh, she said, anybody that, that teases you like that, they probably just wish they had your hair. <laughs> right. And from that point on, when she saw how much it, you know, upset me, she never said anything like that again. And 
And she's always been like amazing as far as taking up for me. Anytime anyone has said something like that, she made them regret it. (laughs) So that's another thing that really was important to me that that the thing that, that I was self-conscious about when I was a kid, she turned it around and and made me feel proud of it. So Uh, what can you tell us about, um, could you tell us about her favorite foods, her favorite shows, movies, music? Um, Aaron, you'd, Aaron, you'd, be better. you'd be better with that one. <laughs> yeah, we, we used to, to cook after, like I would get off work and, and I'd get my kids and then we'd go over to Andrea's house and we'd either cook every night or we would go pick up food. And she liked Chinese food a lot. We would, that was one of the things we would get regularly. And then she liked um, Moby Dick. I don't know if they have that where you are, but basically like fit, fried fish and tartar sauce. She liked that a lot um one thing when I think about Andrea and just our random interactions we would have she she liked dessert a lot (laughs) you know that's like something that she'd be like let's go have dessert or the kids said it and she'd be like yeah let's go like she was the the fun mom that would do that you know with their kids even if it was just a little bit here and there so um she had a sweet tooth for sure um I can remember some times that that I would walk in from work with the kids and she would, she set up a projector, um, like, a instead of using a TV, she would clear the wall off, like take pictures down and she'd, she'd project, uh, her TV shows onto the wall and she would play, um, what's it called? Gal, is it guardians of the galaxy? Like she, yeah. <laughs> we used to watch that when we were little. So she would get those, pull those shows up on YouTube and play those for her kids. And, and they loved it. That's so, so. fun. Yeah, so she'd play a lot of shows that we watched when we were little, um, all the throwbacks. So. so what could you guys tell us about Andrea as a person? Like, who was she? Um, I can I can go. Um, <clears throat> so to me, she was, she was just the person, like I could be having the absolute worst day possible, a really stressful day and like I could walk into her house and, and she could just, she'd just casually call my kids a funny nickname and just make everything better. She was funny. She, uh, a, a word I use a lot. Someone has called me this before, but I feel like Andrea was a healer. I, I feel like I'm somewhat like that, but Andrea was to the extreme. She's a healer, meaning she likes, she likes to fix things, whether it's the house she's living in or the yard or humans animals anything she loves making it better and and fixing problems whatever it is um we would so at her last house before she before she moved in with my mom it was her her and her roommate and best friend amber and then myself we were always together um so basically our kids would play together and it would be six boys running around playing together. And as you can imagine, the neighborhood kids would see that and they were like, I want to play too, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> she would have like the entire neighborhood over every single day. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. And some of these kids, like you could just tell they, they didn't come from the best place, you know? So I feel wow. like she would give them happiness and, and fix, you know, fix the, even if it was just for a few hours, she, she would always, she would make things better for them. She was like everyone's mom. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I felt. It it made me very happy. And I feel like I learned a lot from her. I learned how to, how to be a good neighbor and from her for sure. She would, she used to cook meals for her neighbor who was a veteran. 
um, a disabled veteran, an elderly man, and he lived alone. Um, he would come outside and sit on his porch by himself and we'd be outside doing like gardening and hanging out with our kids. And she'd be like, come over here and, and sit with us. You know, you're out here, you know, and he'd sit there and just tell us stories about his life and, and hang out with the kids. It was like his neighbor, neighbor slash grandkids for the time period. You know, it was great. That's it, so it was, sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's so what, she, what she taught me basically is like, you don't have to do everything for your neighbors, but if there's something that you don't mind doing that you can tell that would help them out, just do it. And, and you're going to be glad that you did. So that's, that's kind of how she was like, take, I take the trash out for my neighbors when I'm taking mine out. I have to go up a hill, which it's kind of annoying. So <laughs> if I, I'm like, well, I might as well do this one too, if I'm already out here, you know, right. So she kind of has taught me that just to help out where I can. And it starts like a little community and that's kind of what she would do wherever she lived. That's amazing. I like that. She leads by example. Um, she must've been raised very well. <laughs> um, I think so. What is a memory yeah. that stands out to you guys or with Andrea? Dad, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Go ahead while I'm thinking of one. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, I can remember a funny thing that happened on Easter one time. Do you remember the song, What Does the Fox Say? Um, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just so silly and it yeah. makes me laugh so much. But she, um, she had the Bluetooth set up in her car. And I remember on Easter one year, she just had it blaring and our kids were in the back da dancing. And we actually have a video of it and it's oh just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it has, it's our kids dancing and it has us singing and laughing about it. Like we just couldn't stop laughing. I was going to say, please <laughs> tell me that you two are singing and dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're singing and yeah, Andrea's holding the camera, but a lot of our memories that I have documented are of us recording our kids, but you can hear our voices the entire time. And it makes me really happy. I don't share any of them publicly just because of the kids, you know, right. but I can, I can definitely show it to you, but yeah, I'll, most our best memories I feel were as moms together and just making our kids happy. We used to go hiking a lot mm -hmm. and oh, I, I have another funny one. You know, how there's like just cheesy commercials that you see on, on cable TV. Yeah. Like Mentos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the one where it goes, it's my money and I want it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So when I was nine months pregnant with my youngest son, who's five now, well, he's almost five now I was overdue and I was like doing everything I possibly could to have this baby. So Andrew was like, let's go hiking here. <laughs> you know, hiking is supposed to induce labor, obviously. So we were walking in the woods and there's like hills and, you know, you're way out there and there's a bunch of space. So we were imitating that commercial and we were going, it's my baby and I want it now. <laughs> and we were like yelling it off the side of the hill my while we're baby. hiking. I want it now. <laughs> yeah, that's like a good chant. Like, I like yeah. it. I totally yeah, get would... that. It doesn't work though, does it? <laughs> no, but we would just come up with like random funny catchphrases to make, you know, while we were hanging out that made us laugh. <laughs> it's so fun. Like, that's one of the things I think that like really draws me in is that not, not just that she's from like our hometown, but that like, I feel like if she were here, she's someone that I didn't know, but like, if I had the chance, like we would be friends. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Mike, um, do you have a memory that you'd like to share? 
I do. I'm going to go to in a different direction, though, a little bit older. <laughs> Probably my last memory. Um, it was in the summer, um, just a few weeks before she um, she left. And um, Aaron and I get together with neighborhood kids and her kids. And and um, I have a hobby. I, I play tennis and I play in tennis tournaments. But so I anyway, I teach kids tennis. And her kids and Andrea showed up kind of unexpectedly, kind of surprised me. And um, I, you know, you, you never know what's going to be your last moment with a person. But I, I, I remember hugging her because I hadn't seen her all that much and uh, gave her a big hug on court. And um, that's um, that's the one that sticks out the most to me. And that was the last one. That's the last time I saw her in person. And and um, anyway, it's what it's what I remember the most now. So you got to embrace her with a big hug. And um, how long was that before her disappearance? Just a couple of weeks. Wow. So definitely a happy memory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I had, we had her kids out there and Aaron's kids and Aaron and uh, a few others. And anyway, it was just a, a good time. And, and um, it was fun. Andrea and I had been bumping heads quite a bit. I'm the, um, you know, it's usually, it's usually left up to the father to hold a daughter or a son mm -hmm. to try to keep them on the straight and narrow. Right. And um, of course I, that's what I tried to do. Probably didn't do it the right way. Probably was a little too uh, straightforward. It's kind of my, the way I am most of the time. Anyway, I've learned a lot about that, but it, but anyway, it um, it's what I remember. And, and um, so the last time you hug somebody, um, um, you should probably hug everybody like it's the last time. It's, it's somebody important to you, somebody you love. So you never know. Such something I remember. Message. Something I remember the most. When Andrea was a little girl, um, do you recall maybe what she wanted to be most of all? Erin, do you remember? Um, I just not not so much when she was little, but when she was an adult, I know. She really wanted to be an entrepreneur. She wanted to start her own business. Um, that's the one I remember the most. She was very determined to do that. That's what she has her degree in is business. And uh, she didn't want to work for anyone. She wanted to work for herself. And that was from, was it UofL? Yes. What's a silly memory that you guys have of her that maybe still cracks you up to this day? I can, I have a funny one. So ahead, she, Andrea, she was, since she was three years older than me and four and a half years older than Sarah, she was a bit older than us. So she used to just do random pranks on us when we were kids. And I found out, I would think to myself, like, how does she come up with this stuff all the time? And like years and years later, I, I would read all the books that she read and I found the book, the book, like, I was like, this is how I finally figured it out. But she had a book that would talk about like funny pranks to play on your family. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So she was going through the entire book with us. Like one of them was, um, to play on your siblings to say that it's an ice cream contest. Anytime that we ate ice cream, you know, how, like you can put syrup or whipped cream in it. Well, we would all like do our own in our own specific way that we wanted it. And she'd be like, let's see whose is the best. And she was always the judge. So she would end up eating like a 
good portion of our ice cream, <laughs> but she would do it over and over again <laughs> and we would always fall for for her jokes. But yeah, I thought it was hilarious years later when I was older and I was like, now I know why, how she did all this. <laughs> oh my gosh. That that's funny. That. <laughs> Mike, do you recall any um, silly memories about Andrea? Well, I, I, I kind of do. And it's just, it's so long ago. And it just seems like it's, um, it all merges together. And usually it's not just of her. It's usually two or three of them together. And um, I used to, um, I used to do things with them to try to get them to be more active. You know, we didn't have all the video games back then. So we actually got out and did things. So as. um, It's very different. So as young girls, I would, uh, one thing that I did when I was in my twenties and thirties is I, I ran long distance road races but I included them. We went over to a track at Bellarmine University and I would run around the track and all three of them would run across the middle and meet me back and forth, back and forth. I'd keep running around and they'd race me and I'd meet them on the other side and they'd be laughing and cutting up the whole time and until, until they, we all finally got worn out. So that, that's, that's a memory and Aaron remembers that as well. And then they slept great that night, huh? <laughs> yeah, try, yeah, wear them down the best you can. There you that's go. Right. I think we get our love of hiking from dad. Dad used to take us hiking a lot when we were little. So I have a lot of fun memories in the woods. And I still, uh, Andrea and I did this. And then to this day, I still take my kids hiking in the same. uh, um, Also, I I can remember when we were kids, um, we would go to Seneca Park and they would have volleyball nets set up. I don't know if they still do that or not. But we would start games with whoever would show up there, you know, just any. And that was a lot of fun. Just playing with all, all the different people that would come in and we'd play for hours. It felt like, do you remember that dad? <laughs> of course. Sure. <laughs> uh, right about the tennis courts over there. Yeah. Andrea was a lot better at sports than me, but it, it made me happy to see, to see her. I can remember that last time that dad was talking about that. She played tennis with us. Like this was, you know, I've always known how to play tennis because my dad played it and we d- took lessons as kids. But Andrea was like the more coordinated one because tennis is a hard sport. You know, yeah. you have to, not only do you have to know how to do it, but you have to ha- really watch the ball and swing it at the correct angle, hold the tennis racket right. So it's a lot. And I feel like as an adult, I've gotten a lot better at it. And then with doing it every Saturday with my dad and the kids, I felt I felt like I'm going to show Andrea like she's not going to believe it that I can actually <laughs> do this, you know, because in the in the past, I would be like the one hitting home runs and hitting it the wrong way, you know, and and she would be the one always doing it right. So I was like, I'm going to show her and she's going to be proud. And like she got out there and like served it. And I felt like she looked like a pro or something. And I was like, how does she do that after, you know, she hasn't done it in like years and she still does it way better. So it made it was impressive to me and it made me happy to see her still, you know, being able to do all that. So I had I had fun playing with with her that last time too definitely that sounds like out of all three of you she was probably the sporty one well I don't know Sarah was pretty good too Sarah Sarah, I think Sarah, Sarah was a athlete in the family but by far yeah, Sarah was probably the most. Andrea's kind of like just what very well-rounded but Sarah like specifically was a really really good at with sport she could Sarah could do the high jump and I don't know if you're familiar with the high jump but you run at the bar and you like flip over it backwards. Like that was oh crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sarah could do really, Sarah was great. I think it just probably 
skipped me a little bit. Like I'm just moderate. <laughs> in sports. Sarah, Sarah won <laughs> events. She won the high jump events and in elementary school and some high school events. She also won the four, four, the 400 meters. Uh, very, very good at that. She, uh, she walked on a couple of times on in cross country meets uh, just because they needed somebody extra at Mayo High School. And, I, and she, I think she finished ninth in the first time she ran and, and won the meet the second time she ran without even being on the team. That, that's <laughs> how, how, athletic, that, how does that that's work? Uh, that's that's athleticism that I never had but uh, she was uh she was just naturally gifted she really was yeah I'm more of like the artistic one in the family so I just had different skills but yeah it it did make me happy to see my sisters doing great at something they like they enjoyed um what do you guys miss most about Andrea I know on the Dr. Phil show they played a video of her talking and just messing up her words a little bit and I heard her laugh and I, I miss that I miss hearing her laugh um when that when I heard her laugh on that show I felt like I had her back for a minute and it made both of me and dad so happy we laughed too right on the set we did uh, we just looked at each other and laughed and I felt like I got to laugh with her again and it makes me just almost tear up right now thinking about it but I, I miss her laugh it was definitely contagious from what, from what I've seen in videos. It just, it made me smile and I don't know her. Can you tell us about Andrea, the mother? Yeah. Um, I feel like she, she's a great mom. She, well, even before that, uh, when I had my son at 19, she, she told me like, we, we got this Aaron, we'll, we'll handle it. You're going to, it's going to be great. It'll be fun. And I feel like she was an amazing aunt before she had children of her own. So, so when she ended up, when she had her first son, um, she was already, she was ready to go, you know, with, with what a great aunt she was. Um, I was there when he was born and that was a very emotional thing for me seeing a, ba a baby have his first breath. So yeah, it, it's been amazing just seeing Andrea be, be a mother, and and I feel like she, she does a great job. I, I feel like she, everything, things that she would talk about wanting when she was a kid, she those things she, that's what she would get for her kids and more. So I feel like she really um, went all out as a mom, and she wanted it to be a fun, happy life. And she did have some struggles at the end there, but I feel like. I feel like she did the best she could and still gave her kids a very happy life. And I know that she, they're very, very close with her and it's, it's causing them. I think they're, they're missing her greatly. I, I do the best I can. I feel like I'm probably the closest thing that they have to Andrea. So I'm wanting, I, I told them that I'll always look for Andrea until we figure this out. Um, and I tell them, <clears throat> If you ever want to talk about Andrea or if something reminds you of her, um, you can always talk to me. I love hearing memories about Andrea, so please. So I just make sure that, that they know that the communication's open. Like they don't, I, I told them like sometimes people might not talk about Andrea because they don't want to make you sad, but I want you to know I'm always ready to talk about her. So it, they had a very close, very, very close bond. Yeah, I was going to ask um, how they are holding up. Dad, what do you think? Um, 
I think on the surface, they're doing fine. I think they're doing fine in school, but it's, it's kind of probably a lot like what Aaron and I are experiencing. Uh, you compartmentalize to a certain extent. Um, so it, you know, it, um, I'm sure it's, it has an effect on him, but this, this is a good kid. He's more, mostly happy all the time. He's making fantastic grades, extremely bright kid. Um, and he's, um, but it's, it's right behind everything that the facade you put on, it's, it's always there and uh, right behind any good time you attempt to have it, it um, your, your mind always brings you right back to um, the, the true state of what you're in and you're, you're in perpetual grief uh, with uh, your mother or your, your sister or your daughter missing. So anyway, I think they're, they're functioning fine, but um, th there is, there's definitely something right behind that. And um, I hope, I hope they get through it. Um, the good news, it seems like their home life uh, is uh, stable. And I think both of them are in pretty good situations right now. That's, that's really good to hear. It just makes me so sad. Like, I don't think I was this emotional until I had my own kids. And now I'm like, just to think about them without their mother, I think is what hurts. This it, it is it's what gets me the most. I, <clears throat> I really feel for them. I, do they, do they know what's going on? Yeah. Open? Uh, well, they both have access to the internet where they can Google Andrea and see whatever they, you know, whatever they see. I'm not sure how well. Um, but anyways, what I do when I have them there, well, they, if you come to my house, you know that I'm looking for Andrea. So anytime they come over, they, they see that Andrea is missing posters on my front door. It's been there ever since she's been missing and I'm keeping it there until I find her. Um, they see that her poster is on my dashboard of my car so that anytime it's parked, someone can look over and see it, which people do. I've seen people reading my car. Um, and then I have, st I have two huge boxes of some donated posters that are in my living room that I laminate while I watch TV. So I have that ready to go. It's, I call it the lamination station. So they see, yeah. And they actually have helped me with that. They helped me and they, they've hung posters with me too. Um, and then I show them the so social media, you know, I don't show them all like all the gory details, like the mean comments people say, obviously, but I show them that I post about Andrea every single day and that I'm not going to quit. I tell them about Tracy and Ted and, and what amazing people they are, how, how what great friends they are to us. Have they, and, met, and have they met Tracy and Ted? I, I think uh, they've met possibly, I know they met Mark Baker um, he, he passed away, unfortunately. Um, I think they might've met Tracy. Ted, have you met Andrea's kids? No, but you know, I, I, I didn't pick up this case until I guess it's been what, almost, uh, two, almost two years now, a year and a half, something like that. Once I started, you know, when Mark passed away, I kind of stepped in where Mark was. So. Well, you will, you will soon then. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the kids would love seeing Ted. He's like, every time I see him, he's like a real life toy soldier. <laughs> really G.I. Joe. <laughs> what, especially what's your especially, if, he bring, especially <laughs> if he brings Duke. Yeah. yeah. What's your Robo nickname? Robocop. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I, Robocop. I totally see that. That's your name for now on. You're Robocop. The kids yeah, are going to love me laugh. Or like a little mm -hmm. action figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
Um, but, but yeah, they, um, they see all the efforts. They, I've showed them Andrea's Angels as well, the group chat. I showed them how one chat has 250 members and the other one has, I think it's almost at 200 now. So yeah, I was going to um, say you had to open up a couple. Yeah, there's two, there's two now. Um, and I told them about how I'm planning on setting up like a, a section in my room. Like I want to set up a desk with, you know, all the supplies and everything. And like, whenever I move and get my own house, I'll probably set up hopefully she's found before that point but if she's not you know I want to set up like a, an office where I can have everything organized for Andrea and and continue this I, I consider it um my second job someone else told me that my actual my my job is my second job and this is my first one based on how much time I put into this so that's yeah. that probably is true this is my first job I agree. I think, I think it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't ever see when you are not active, you're, and you are so good at the social media aspect. And I know it's hard for you because people will throw some really nasty things your way. And like, you just like, I mean, you, you're a superhero for your sister. Let me Thank tell you. you, you, and you just like, I know that motivates you. I know that keeps you going. And I'm sure for her boys, like that means the world to see yeah. somebody else caring so much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I try my best not to be hurt by it because I know a lot of the times people, the people that say mean things, like it really says more about themselves than it does me, but it, it does hurt my feelings. Um, if I get too emotional, I just put my phone down and do something else and take a break. Right. And then so like people will say, how do you stay so calm all the time? That's what I do. That's my secret is to put the phone down when I get angry. <laughs> so if I don't answer, that's, that's Aaron cooling off. Um, yeah, yeah people, I've had people make fun of me for hanging posters too much. Like they'll say, why do you put them in this area? Everybody already knows, or they'll, they'll make fun of Andrea's angels and say that it's not real, which is like, doesn't make sense to me because I you know I showed them a screenshot when they said that like they put you know if you put something in quotation marks that's yeah. like saying is it even real basically like just making when people make fun of my like basically my life purpose now one of my life purposes now it that's the most hurtful thing I feel more than anything else that bothers me but I just I mean, remember I'm, the reason I'm doing it it's not for their approval so exactly and I'd like to tell you that, like, you know, just ignore it. But I know it's like, you can't, like, that's so impossible. Like when you have, like, I don't know how many people are messaging you a day, but like, I'm pretty active online as well. And like, and I'm always seeing a pop-up of somebody asking something and you're constantly repeating things and then you're constantly getting berated and threatened and it's, it's horrible. Yeah. You know? you're doing everything you can to find your sister. And honestly, as far as like you guys hanging posters or driving by the same spots you, you normally do, I feel like you never know, like she wasn't here last time, but would she be this time? You know, right. um, you have to just keep going like that. I used, yeah. uh, I used the term. It's a, a needle in a haystack, except the needle's moving. Yeah. So you, you, you've got to be in the right place at the right time too. Um, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, um, Mike, do you have a good relationship with Andrea's, uh, her children's fathers? Not really. Uh, just casually speak to them when I see them. Um, 
it, it, it never was really, really close. Um, mm -hmm. So that it, that is what it is. We talk, we, you know, we get to see him. I pick him up and drop him off sometimes. And uh, that's, that's really the extent of it. We're, we're not close friends and we don't chat and things like that. Um, I do get some other uh, input from Aaron about what's going on with them. And uh, that's, that's kind of what it is. Most, most of my relationship is just directly with the children. I was going to ask, um, Aaron, do you have a relationship with the fathers as well? Um, I feel like probably it's kind of like a co-parenting relationship for lack of better words, just the way, you know, we're, uh, polite to step other. in a lot. Yeah. I feel like I have a better relationship with her older son's dad. I feel like he's more, um, family oriented, I guess. I don't, I don't know the best way to put that, but he has, he has daughters, older daughters. My, he has, um, you know, older sisters. So he, I feel like he is probably a pretty experienced parent where he realizes a child needs every member in their family. So I feel like he just has a very strong, strong values as far as family and making sure that his son sees that, you know, all of his family and her younger son is an only child. So I feel like he's probably more, you know, I feel like, you know, when I had just one child, um, that the kid was like the center of my universe and I wanted all the time, you know, it's just like a normal situation, only child situation there where <laughs> it can be a little bit harder, but he still is, is a great, you know, great dad. And he, he talks to me so that we can see him. If that makes sense. What are the dads? I know that there's, um, and what is the other dad's name? Um, but he's actually been very helpful. Uh, he's hung posters for Andrea. Uh, he's talked to Tracy and um, the police, anybody that, that is willing to talk to them. He will tell them his experiences with Andrea, you know, who her friends are, anything that he can remember at all that might help. So he's been extremely helpful. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know her younger son's dad doesn't, does not, like it makes him unhappy anytime his ch his child or himself, anytime they're involved, you know, like they don't really want their names mentioned. Right. Um, so if you can not add, like not include their names in anything. And okay. I would assume it's not specifically said, don't put me in there, but just because of the way the, the other one is, I guess we're better off just not using any names <laughs> just because you know that they're dealing with a lot, you know, they have a right. child and they don't want to add, you know, Oh no, that's, that's we've I, had some really crazy situations happen with children in our family. People figuring out what school they go to and what, yeah, like when that, yeah, when that happens, I feel like I'm on fire. Like it makes me so upset. I feel like I'm on, like someone set me on fire when someone starts talking about our kids. So yeah, we're just because of like, like I had someone say, oh, I used to work for the government. It's okay. For me to, to figure these things out and stalk your children when in reality she should know better if she had whatever position she formed you know wherever she retired from right that's not acceptable that's you don't involve children like that I mean you shouldn't do it to anybody but like to the children like well plus she might know that she has good intentions that, that she would never do anything to harm them but we don't know that and we've already lost Andrea right so Either way, no matter what her intentions are, it's never okay to do that because it sets off alarms in our head. We already are on high alert. 
right. I've always been a very careful person, but now that Andrea is gone, it's, it's intensified. How was yes, it is. We, uh, I make sure I know where Aaron is all the time uh, on apps and, um, and so we know it and make sure she's safe. And um, if someone does mention the children and, or someone is suspicious that makes comments, you can guarantee me and Tracy are on, on the computer searching to, uh, on some backgrounds and finding out who they are and what their, what their intentions are. Yeah, Thank I, see, you. I see Tracy jumping in a lot um, to have Aaron's back or answer some things that are just obscene that people just won't let go. Um, mm -hmm. Aaron, do you, do you feel safe? I think, um, I don't know, the way I choose to handle things to, to where it makes it easy for me to cope with it. I just handle one situation at a time. For example, if something makes me uncomfortable, like I just, I just address it, you know, I'll tell dad, I'll tell Tracy and Ted about it. And, Good. and I just keep an eye out, you know, I make sure and, and confront it. Like I'm not the kind of person that wants to like hide and live my life differently. I, I still go out with and take my kids for walks and do normal mom stuff, but I'm just a lot more cautious now, I guess. And I make sure I tell them a lot more about things that normally I might have ignored, you know, just things I might've ignored before. Even if I see a car that I've, I never normally see on my street, I tell them about that. Um, and it's normal for me to drive. I don't just go straight home. When, whenever I pull up to my house, a lot of times I'll drive on my, up and down my street a little bit before going home. Like just out of curiosity of wow. what's happening near my house before I go there or so. paranoia right because yeah well I feel like you can never be too careful whether it's somebody watching me too closely or is there already something bad happening I don't want to pull up and have something bad happen so right. yeah I just see what's happening and then I then I park and go home I mean especially because your your name is out there you know like Knable you know like Knable is like not a common last name. So like your name yeah. is out there. I mean, that's, it's really scary. I know that you're risking a lot for your family, for your sister. Um, how is Andrea as a sister and an aunt to your kids? Um, I would say she's just she's really everything. She's everything I would want to be, everything I would want from a sister and an aunt. She, she was great. She, she made us very, very happy. You really um, admire her. Yes, definitely. And I know she, she had a lot of issues at the end there, but what I always say is everyone has problems. Dad said this to me one time when I was upset. He said, be thankful for your problems because when you don't have problems, that means you're dead. Basically everybody, if you're being, having problems means that you're, you're living basically. So what I, I mean by, like that. <laughs> yeah yeah like so it, I mean it's like the human condition like there's always some type of problem that you have to solve so you might as well just accept it it's just the way things are so anyways Andrea's had problems before you know she's had breakups and different situations where she needed to rebuild and start over and she was always able to get through it and when I was going through my divorce Let's see, it was like 2017 and 18. There were t so many times that I would come to her and and just talk about how sad I was and how hard things were. And she would tell, and I, or I would say like, people are doubting what I, what I want to do with my life. And 
like I need to get a different job or this and that. And she would tell them, well, stop telling those people what your plans are. You know, they're doubting you. It's not worth talking to them about it. Right. Just, just do what you do, what you already have planned and prove them wrong, you know? And, and so she would have these talks with me a lot, like how my dad does. And, and she would get me through those hard times. So she's very positive and she has an uplifting personality as a sister. That's who she was to me. And, uh, the reason, I, another reason I want to mention this is because I feel like if she was still here right now, she would have gotten past the problems that she has. I okay. feel like, I feel like if there was some type of foul play involved, I feel like they stole it from her. They stole that chance from her because she was a lot more than these labels that people are coming up with right now for her. Like they're wanting to label her by what just, you know, what was happening at that period in her life. And, and so that's been really hard for me because she's a lot more than just a missing person and more than the last, the last year that we know of where she was. Do, um, I know that your kids were really close with Andrea, um, maybe even like another mom to, to them. Um, do they miss her? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of times just when there's like a new milestone, like it's, it, we can't, it's hard to comprehend that she, Andrea didn't know about that. Like they'll, they'll say like, Oh, I thought Andrea knew about this or that. Like, for example, I have a, a new puppy that you probably saw a minute ago. She's a miniature poodle. It's the same kind of, we grew up with poodles because my, my dad's little sister always loved them. So um, we used to like have birthday parties for my, my aunt's poodle and, you know, just do fun things when we were kids. So now I have a poodle. So I was thinking this would make Andrea so happy to see this, you know, like a piece of our childhood. Um, we've got, we've got Luna now and like my kids will be like, I can't believe that Andrea doesn't, doesn't know Luna. Like it's just, it's, it's still to this day, it's just hard to believe that she's not here. And I still have moments. I had one yesterday where I thought I want to tell, I need to tell Andrea this. And then I'm like, I, I can't, she's not here. So it, it's hard. One person said, that's your default person. The person that when you're sad, that's who you think of to tell, or when something new happens or something makes you angry or something makes you laugh. Like she was that person. So it still happens a lot where I, I want I think I need to tell Andrea about this and I can't. So that's been really hard. Like you pick up the phone, like as a knee jerk reaction. And then you realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when something, something new and exciting happens in my life, it, it's like, I want to tell Andrea about it. I want to see what she has to say. And, and then I'm like, I, how do I even do that? I can't. And it, it just, it hits you all over again. And I don't know if that ever goes away. I was just thinking like, I have no idea what that's like. I'm sure that's like a, like a hole there, like a void that just yeah. can't filled because I mean, it, yeah, it feels like somebody just feels like somebody just throat punches you. It's just like all of a sudden, like everything was great. And you're even a little bit happy when you think about, Oh, I got to tell her, you know? And then it, it just, it's just like, you get, it's like they, someone, someone knocks the wind out of you. It's hard to explain, but it's just, it's like a shocking sadness that just hits you. So that's, that's really hard sometimes when that happens. Um, Ted, do you know when Andrea began her, her volunteer work for missing people? I can't give you the year of that. That would be something, a, a question for, for Tracy. Okay. Um, but I do remember, I, I, 
like I said, I came into this about a year and a half ago. So I can't give you the exact year that she went, um, that she started with MIA. Um, but I know she did work a, during that process, she did work a case uh, with Tracy finding a missing person. Um, was that person, is it Austin Gomez? No. That, okay. Andrea, I can, I can comment on that case, though. Okay. Um, she, she was the only thing that, that Andrea did on that case was some social media work to look for um, some social media posts. Um, and so, and then that case was shut down very, very quickly um, right after that. So she was, she never went undercover. Uh, she never did anything like that. Um, I think even on a promo, I think they, they posted on the uh, uh, documentary saying that she was a private detective working, um, uh, you know, in, Andrea was a investigator, a volunteer for MIA. She was never a private investigator. Yeah, um, I wondered if they edited that, like if they took a time where she said PI and they placed mm -hmm. it on that scene. I feel like yeah. that's what they did because if Andrea really became a PI, that would have been huge for her and she would have been telling me all about that, <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, like, there's, no way, there's no yeah. way that she would not, that that would get by me. <laughs> and that's just, uh, just like, you know, a few other things in, in that documentary that was kind of misleading. Yeah, so. that really surprised me when I heard that part too. And um, Amy Gomez is Austin's mother. Uh, she contacted me when the show came out and just told me like how upsetting it was for her to see her son's name used as like a piece of Andrea's story. You know, that that's hard because her son's missing and here he is being used like a, a piece of Andrea's story. Like that would upset me, you know, because I'm like, well, what about, what about Austin? He matters too. So I think it's important mm -hmm. for everybody to know he is still missing and you can, and you can share his missing post too, to help his family find him. Um, was, was she upset with you? Like she knew that you guys didn't have control over the story. Well, she was, she was upset, not necessarily with me, but she was upset with the situation. Right. And when I explained to her, like, I didn't know that I didn't know, I didn't even know Austin existed until the show came out. That's when I learned of his disappearance and anything about that. So I explained that to her and how we were completely blindsided by the entire thing. And, and then she, she now like supports our cause to find Andrea, of course, and I support her, her search for Austin. And I, I talked to her about Andrea. I was like, what are they talking about? Do you know anything about this? And he, she said, none of that's true about Andrea being involved. Uh, it was Mark who was investigating. And that's yeah. what Tracy told me too. So I, I trust Austin's mom and I trust Tracy. And I think it's what they did to, to use Austin to sensationalize Andrea's story. I think that was a really terrible thing to do to both of our families. Oh yeah. It was, it wasn't even, I don't, I don't know why they thought it was relevant, maybe because certain things were leading them in that direction. But, um, so is it, yep. it's, it's Austin, is it Gamez or Gomez? How do you say it? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Austin. It's Gamez. Austin Gamez. So for those who don't know, Austin Gamez is another missing person. He's been missing since, uh, 2017. Is it 2018? I think 17, but I'm not. 2017. Um, 
And I, I believe there's speculation amongst that case. It's very dangerous. And um, there's speculation that it has something to do with the cartel. And I believe that the people that um, were doing the docuseries thought that would sensationalize Andrea's story. Um, has nothing to do with her. I feel like yeah. it was a lot of it was probably Nancy too. Yeah. yeah. Nancy probably did cause that, stirred that up. Oh, yeah. Um, I totally agree. I have to ask, um, because Andrea is just such a, she's like overwhelmingly thoughtful, you know, she helps a lot of people, um, and I can be the same way myself. So I was just kind of wondering, um, not that you have to have an excuse to be a good person and thoughtful, but she just overwhelmingly goes above and beyond for other people. So I was just wondering if if there's something that happened, there was something bad that happened to Andrea in the past. Um, not that I can think of. What do you think, Dad? Well, the bad things that I think happen is is um, that got her in the position that she ended up in is that she knew she kept choosing to be with people that were broken and not and not necessarily on the same track that she should have been on, being a college educated person went to a private elementary school. Um, she, she hung around with, she made some bad choices with, you know, getting close to some, maybe some broken people wanting to put them back together. And um, I think she liked some of the excitement or some of the, the guys that maybe had some charm or funny or whatever. Aaron knows this a little bit better than I about her taste, but I, I think that um, I think it continued to hurt her because she never figured out when to stop doing that. And I use the um, example that she kept poking holes in her boat when she was trying to recover from some of this bad situation. She, she wouldn't do it. She, she would keep poking another hole in the boat and um, putting herself in with these bad people. And, um, Aaron is so sick of hearing me say you become the people you put yourself around. I, I think to a certain extent, she was deeply affected by some of that and it, and it hurt her and she was trying to recover from it. But I, I you know, it just, I, I could never figure quite figure it out why she couldn't figure it out being a very, very bright girl. Aaron, do you have some comment there? Yeah. And I was talking to mom earlier tonight about Andrea and mom said something that made a lot of sense. She said that Andrea wanted to be around people that needed help is, is how my mom felt. And it's true. It's so I feel like she was caring to a fault. That's a nice way to put it. With Andrea having this personality, like what I called earlier, uh, being a healer, when you know that you have a personality like that, it's important to realize it and be have boundaries basically and be protective realize when someone doesn't is when someone's like targeting you because a lot of people will look for women like us that want to be helpful and, and want to be loving and they'll take advantage of it yeah, and so, like, exactly. so you just have to be careful and have boundaries and that's something that Andrea need, definitely needed to work on is how I feel and that's something I felt like I was preaching to her like when we I know I said a lot of our memories were fun and this and that, but we also had a lot of really meaningful heart to heart talks. And that was one that I would tell her a lot. I'd try to bring it back to 
it's good to help people, but make sure that you're not helping people that are hurting you. And I feel like that's something that Andrea was having a hard time with. She a very hard time. And maybe she took on too many other people's problems at once and her going through hard times as well. I mean, that can have an emotional impact on anyone. I think so. I think she was getting overwhelmed. Um, I think even, I mean, obviously Nancy has issues. Andrea was friends with her knowing that she had a lot of issues. Um, I can remember my, my mom said that she met Nancy and, and my mom said, Andrea, like, what is going on? Like, who is this person? Like, I guess Nancy was just acting really strange. And Andrea was like, she's not right, but, but she's my friend and I want to help her. So she, sometimes she even realized people had a lot of problems or, you know, didn't, weren't really caring about her as much as she cared about them, but she'd help them anyways. So that's, it's just, it breaks my heart because I feel like she had a heart of gold and people would take advantage of that. And, and as you can imagine, I've talked to all of her friends and more, like I've messaged everybody I can find on her social media. I've, um, I'll go through, you know, how like on, you'll have suggested friends on social media and they're suggested because you have a certain friend in common. Oh yeah. And, and then you like got to stalk them and all their friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like if, if it has Andrea as a common friend or someone else, like someone that knows Andrea is a common friend. I had this message that I would copy and paste and I'd say, Hey, do you know Andrea Knable? Um, when's the last time you talked to her? And I would just copy and paste that and send it to hundreds of people. And if they, most of them had, didn't. So then I'd say, well, will you share her missing poster for me, please? So that's one thing I did uh, shortly after she went missing, but I did have a lot of conversations with people that she knew because of that. And one of them said, like everybody knew that Andrea, like she, her heart was bigger than her head sometimes basically is a, a way that I would put it. Like they said that that's how she is and everybody knows it. And that, that really hurt me to see that people knew she was like that. Like they knew that she was a very caring person and just, it seemed like, like people, it was attracting bad people, basically people that cared about her, but not like she cared about them. So that was a really hard thing to see. Yeah, there's definitely people who feed off of that. Um, I mean, cause that's, it's a great quality. It's also a, a, a horrible quality at the same time, because it's like, then, you know, those are the type of people that you attract and then you just want to help everyone. And you just like, I mean, you just run yourself thin. Yeah. Um, I feel like she had a lot of really amazing talents and qualities and she was using, using those to, to make everyone's life better. And so because of that, she's always going to be an angel to me, no matter what people throw out there and say about her. They, they can't convince me of otherwise. I think volunteering was right up her alley. It seems like that really, it helped her and she, it helped fulfill that something in her that makes her want to help other people. And, and Tracy, Tracy mentioned something to me, you know, I never had the pleasure of course of, of meeting Andrea. Um, but Tracy mentions um, her work ethics and her research abilities. And um, she was just a keyboard sleuth. You know, she could get in there and find out information. And um, she, he, he was telling me that she was very funny, um, very smart, very attentive, um, very good at research. 
And, um, you know, when, when I started becoming a PI, you know, he was uh, telling me about research, research, research. You know, that's, that's a lot what we do. We don't just do surveillance out there and just watch people. We do a lot of research behind the, behind the scenes. And uh, he was mentioned about how good Andrea was uh, doing research and, and finding out information. And um, so she was very, very, very smart lady, very, very quick, very uh, witty and, uh, you know, very, very good at what she did. And Mike, um, could you tell us something that you love or admire about, about each of your daughters? Yes, I can. Um, Andrea has already been spoken quite a bit about. I've always admired her, her that some of the talent she had that I didn't have to the same extent. She was always better with people and I might be pretty decent. She's much, you much are. better. <laughs> and, um, and, and, um, and then Aaron, Aaron always had a soft artistic touch that I have zero talent in. <laughs> and uh, so I've seen some of her work and I've always admired it. And um, maybe at some point we'll have time where she can show me some of the things she's done. And um, Sarah has a, has a fiery spirit that took kind of what I thought I had and to a different level. And I always enjoyed being around her when she was competing. Um, and, and that's where, whether it was academics or, athletics um sarah had that and um I, i'd always admired that quite a bit so those those would be the three that sounds like they are all a piece of you amplified <laughs> maybe maybe largely largely better in, in a lot of these things yeah what was your last conversation with andrea mike um The last conversation is um, is has something to do with what I talked about earlier, where I kind of held her to account for her actions and where she was and what's going on in her life, and um, and they did include this, I believe, in the docuseries. I, I I read her the riot act. I told her very clearly where she was in life and and how she, you know, what her struggles were, and to make sure she that she knew that I knew about them. And, um, and that I was, but they cut off where I told her I was concerned about it and I wanted to help her. And, um, we, we, we actually had a specific place, um, where an actual friend of ours had used and recommended that we were going to try to get Andrea to, to go there to rehab, get it back in good shape, get her life back in order. And, um, so it was about that. And, um, she really, really didn't think she needed any help. Um, she, she's very strong, very proud in that respect. Uh, but in other ways, so, so very weak and allowing people that would take from her, uh, over and over and over again. And, um, to the extent where I just couldn't, I mean, I just didn't understand it. So it had to do with that. It wasn't pleasant. Right. It was not a, it, it, you know, you don't even like to talk about that. She, I had, I had have had and have so many high hopes for her. She could have gone anywhere and done anything she wanted. She really could have. She, yeah. she could have been a corporate officer at a, at a large corporation if she wanted to. 
Um, she was that smart and that gifted with people. And um, anyway, I wanted her to become the person that she could. And, and so I, I kind of try to offer some help to get back, at least going in the right direction. And that's, that's what the conversation was about. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of interviews uh, with you referencing like your last conversations or that you maybe, you know, you were being tough, but I have to say, I feel like I didn't have that type of relationship. I, you know, but I have seen it firsthand. I know my father-in-law is just like that with my sister-in-law and, you know, at times she really did not appreciate that, but now she knows like, that's, that's love. Like, that's what a father's supposed to do. Like you step in and you, you maybe it's not what they want to hear at the time, but you have the very best intentions. And I think that you were just being a dad. But I wasn't, um, I, um, I told people around me that I, I just thought if she continued what she was doing, something awful was going to happen. I, I actually told people weeks before she went missing that I thought something awful was going to happen to her if she kept staying around the kind of people that she knew. She, she was going to run into the wrong person in, in, the, in that group. Maybe not the person she was dating or something like that, but somebody they knew or somebody they knew. And it, and it was going to be really the wrong person at the wrong time. And, and um, anyway... I had similar worries like that, but I w what I was hoping would happen is that she would hit a rock bottom, you know, where you get to the point where you realize this is not working. It's not going to get better. I need to change something about it. I thought that her bad thing that would happen would be something she can recover from. Right. So what actually happened just completely shook up my whole world and, and changed everything. So... I never imagined it would be anything like this. So when you all say that you were worried um, something bad was going to happen to her, um, you know, did, did you express that to her? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, on a regular basis, I would tell her, like, Andrea, these people don't care about you. They don't, they don't care what happens to you. Mom and dad and Sarah and I will do, any, we'll do anything just to see you happy. You know, just please listen to us, like, set boundaries. Like, I would tell her that. I would tell her I was worried, and she didn't, she didn't like feeling like, you know, like, she, she wanted, she wanted to be the big sister, like, she had been my whole life. She wanted to be the one that I looked up to, and so I think it hurt her feelings seeing she didn't want to feel doubted, like, like, she couldn't do things. She couldn't handle her own life, so... I think it hurt her feelings, but I feel like it was the beginning of an intervention. I feel like we, we were planning on doing more to, to get, to get her back on track. And it just, it hurts me that it was all cut short by whatever has happened to her. Yeah. 